Good morning, everyone, and welcome to church on this beautiful summer Sunday morning. I'm Reverend Howard Dana, and I want to welcome you to First Parish in Concord on this beautiful day. It's a hot July out there, and I know that we're inside uh, for church. Maybe some of you are actually sitting out on your porch and joining, enjoying the cool of the morning before the day gets too hot. But here we have gathered, as we do each week, and I want to welcome every single one of you to this service. I so wish, as does everybody else at church, wish we could be meeting in person so that we could see your smiling faces and shake your hands, but the times do not allow for that. So this is the next best thing. I wanna welcome you, whether you've been a member of First Parish in Concord for many decades and know the place well, or whether this is your very first Sunday with us. We want you to know that we are a welcome con welcoming congregation, that we, are learning and exploring and growing all the time. We are far from perfect, but we have a lot of love to give. So welcome this morning. We know that being online allows us to open our doors even wider than they could be if we were meeting in person. And so I wanna welcome everyone who's joining us from around the country and in fact, around the globe this morning. Welcome, you are at church for this next hour with us and we are very glad. As we do each Sunday, we'll go to gallery view and have all of the other worship participants say hello to you. Anderson Manuel is here and he is leading music this morning. Say hello to the folks, please, Anderson. Good morning, everyone. So happy to be here with you this morning and, and I'm looking forward to a wonderful service together. And Dawn Van Patten's here. She's in the chat mostly this morning. Good morning, everyone. Again, it's really good to spend Sunday morning with you. And Sarah Ritchie is here. She is doing tech for us, and we are so lucky. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. It's good to be here. Welcome to church on this beautiful Sunday morning. Our call to worship comes from the 13th century Muslim poet Saadi. He was living in Persia and writing from there in the 13th century. He says, to worship God is nothing other than to serve the people. It does not need rosaries, prayer carpets, or robes. All members, all people are members of the same body created from one essence. If fate brings suffering to one member, the others cannot stay at rest. Let us worship together. I invite you to find a chalice or a candle near you. This is a good practice to keep up. We know when we gather, Lighting a chalice reminds us that we are all connected to one another and also connected to Unitarian Universalists around the globe. And it also reminds us that we are people of faith connected to all other people of faith. I invite you to join in the response for the chalice lighting. O flame of our faith, open our hearts and fill our bodies and souls with persistent strength enliven our spirits and engage us deeply in this life of ours, this sacred essential moment now. And now Anderson is going to help us sing our opening song. Good morning, everyone. Um, today we are going to sing Enter, Rejoice and Command. This song is written by Louise Rospini. This song is based, um, this song is based on the text in the, in the Bible, Psalm 100. Like the ancient Psalms, which call for a joyful noise and spirit of gladness to welcome in what is holy. We have a yearning to be part of something, to belong. Yet the work of both inviter and invitee is an artful dance. The spiritual practice of invitation requires the dance to be issued and accepted again and again. Invitations are the way to break the cycle and widen it. Authentic invitation is the spiritual practice needed to liven our conviction of our ever-changing community. May you all be blessed as you open your mind and hearts as we sing this song joyfully together. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Today will be a joyful day. Enter, rejoice, and come in. And I will lead you to the next part. Please sing with me joyfully. Enter, rejoice, and come in. 
and to rejoice and come in. Today will be a joyful day. And to rejoice and command. Open your hearts to the song. Open your hearts to the song. Open your hearts to the song. Today will be a joyful day. And to rejoice and command. Open your ears to the song. Open your ears to the song. Today will be a joyful day. Enter your ears to the song. Don't be afraid of some change. Don't be afraid of some change. Don't be afraid of some change. Today will be a joyful day. Don't be afraid of some change. Back to winter, rejoice. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Today will be a joyful day. Today will be a joyful day. Today will be a joyful day. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Thank you, Anderson. It's always good to sing with you. So I know that there are children with us because there are children with us every single Sunday morning and we don't want to forget about you. In fact, there is a special time in each of our services for you. So I want to talk to you about an old, old children's game. It's probably existed in one form or another in every culture that has ever been. But we know it as Simon Says. And I know that Amy and Don have been doing, have been playing some Simon Says with the people who have been, the kids that have been joining them uh, for some of their Zoom uh, programming and that it's a popular one. So, if there's anybody that's never played Simon Says, this is how it goes. So Simon Says, uh, you have to, when the words Simon Says are said, then you have to do whatever that is. But if the words Simon Says do not precede the, the command, then you don't have to do it. And uh, the whole, of course, the whole point of the game is to trip people up and to get them to do things that Simon did not say. So what I propose we do this morning, because this, this will become clearer later in the service, is we play a few rounds of Simon Says. And because you're all watching from home and nobody can see you, you get to play along too. And if you're uh, here at worship with somebody else in your household, you can keep track of whether or not they got tripped up or not. So let's play a couple of rounds of Simon Says. So Simon Says, plug your ears. Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, pat the top of your head. Simon says, cover your eyes. Simon says, cover your mouth. Stop covering your mouth. Ah, oh, I didn't catch Anderson or Don. Ha ha, they're still with me. All right, that was round one. Okay. Simon says, do this with your nose. Simon says, chew on your finger. Simon says, put one finger in your ear. Simon says, tap the top of your chin. Stop tapping the, tapping the top of your chin. I'm gonna see how long Anderson and Don keep tapping the top of the chin. Okay, Simon says, stop, stop tapping, tapping your chin. Well, it's a lot of fun and it's especially fun to play on Zoom because then you can see who's actually um, out of the game and who's not. But when you think about it, Simon Says is a great game for times like this because what all of us want, we just want just a little bit of control. We wanna just have things go the way that we want them to. We wanna be able to just give a command and have it happen. And part of the reason that kids have always loved Simon Says is that you take turns. Sometimes you get to be the boss and the one that's thinking up the things. And I, I would just realize that I was, I was running out of things to do. So, you know, 
it was probably time to move it on and let Anderson or Don or somebody else uh, do the Simon Says. But we like just a little bit of control. We like to have things be predictable. And sometimes we like to have other people do the things that we want them to do. And that is so very natural. And in fact, it's quite a lot of fun because in some ways, it's just a form of leadership. So Simon Says is just being a leader. And even though you're trying to trick people a little bit and it's a game, it's good to take turns being the leader. And in Unitarian Universalism, one of the things that we value the most is that we share and we take turns being the leader. And the other thing that's really great is that we can be silly and we can laugh together. And even when we mess up the game, there's always another round to play. We always get to try it again. So thanks for playing Simon Says with me. And if you stay for the rest of the service, you'll kind of see how it fits in because I'll give you a hint. God is gonna play a big old game of Simon Says with the ancient Israelites. Thanks for joining me. Our reading this morning is a bit of a strange one. We're continuing with the Exodus story this morning. And let me kind of catch you up for anybody who missed the first couple that Anderson and I did. So here's what's going on. We're in the book of Exodus, which is some of the oldest writing in the Bible. And we probably all remember how the story gets started. Uh, the ancient Israelites have been uh, enslaved in Egypt and they've been there for a long time. And in fact, they were there long enough to kind of get comfortable with it, even though they didn't have their freedom. Well, finally, Moses and God get tired of this and they go to Pharaoh and they say, hey, we're out of here. And Pharaoh says, no way. I'm getting way too much done with you guys. You guys are stuck here. We are not letting you go. And so God says, well, Pharaoh, you asked for it. And then along come the plagues and there are these terrible plagues. And then Moses gets everybody ready and they leave in the middle of the night and they go over to the Red Sea and God parts the Red Sea and they walk through the Red Sea and then the Red Sea closes up again. So they're safe, right? End of story. They're out of the bad place. They're onto something different. Not exactly. So what the story tells us is that they've got a long, long time to wander in the wilderness. And so as we remember in the second part of our series, in the first part of our series, the first thing they start doing is they start complaining. They are not out of Egypt one week before they're, they're complaining. They're, they say to God and Moses, you know, you brought us out here. You're going to kill us. We're going to starve to death. This is awful. So God figures out a way how to feed them and Moses leads them on. Well, then Moses decides he's going to have a chat with God and goes up on a mountain and the people get impatient again and they say, wait a second, uh, we need a better God. And so they melt down their jewelry and they form the golden calf and they start to worship it. Well, Moses comes back and is mad as he can be and he gets rid of that golden calf right away. Well, in this third part of the story, the weeks are turning into months and the months will soon turn into years. And the people we know are gonna have some trouble putting up with this. We know that they were okay with the first part of the pandemic. They could stay in their homes, they could socially distance, they could go to the grocery store once or twice a week, but that's not gonna last for the long haul. And in fact, the longer this wilderness experience goes on for them, the harder it's going to be. So God has yet another trick up her sleeve. And so I want to read our reading this morning and you can see if, see if you see where I'm going with this. So essentially God is giving the ancient Israelites such an elaborate task to do that it's gonna distract them from their woes. This is the story about what Moses tells the people that God wants them to do in order to be able to take the tabernacle the temple with them where they go. This is Exodus 35, 10 through 26. Moses spoke to the entire community of Israel saying, come all of you who have skills, come and make everything that God has commanded. The dwelling with its tent and cover, its hooks, frames, crossbars, posts and base, 
the chest with its poles, the atonement cover and veiled curtain, the table with its poles and implements and the bread of the presence, the lampstand for giving light with its furnishings and lamps and the oil for lighting, the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, the screen for the door at the entrance of the dwelling, the altar of the whole burnt offerings and its bronze grate and poles and all its implements, the wash basin and its base, the tapestry hangings for the courtyard and the poles and the bases, the screen for the courtyard gate, the peg for the dwellings, the pegs for the courtyard with their cords, the official vestments for ministering in the holy place, the sacred vestments for Aaron, the priest, and his sons serving as priests. And then Moses goes on, the story says, so everyone in the community of Israel left the presence of Moses. Then they came back, everyone whose heart was roused, whose spirit was freely responsive, bringing offerings to God for the building of the tent of meeting, furnishing it for worship and making the holy vestments. They came both men and women, all the willing spirits among them, offering brooches and earrings, necklaces and rings, anything made of gold, offering up their gold jewelry to God. And anyone who had blue, purple and scarlet fabrics, fine linens, goat's hair and tanned leather brought them. Everyone who wanted to offer up silver or bronze as a gift to God brought it. All the women skilled at weaving brought their weavings of blue and purple and scarlet fabric and their fine linens. And all the women who were gifted in spinning spun the goat's hair. So if you read Exodus, it goes on and on and on in very minute detail. You would be amazed at how much is in that book that has nothing to do with this wandering in the wilderness, but it's a very, very detailed list of things that are to be done so that the Ark of the Covenant can be moved from place to place. Essentially, what God has done is God said, all right, we can't be in Jerusalem with the, with the temple, and we're not in Egypt anymore where we had you know, our own basic uh, version of that. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna create something that we can take with us wherever we go. Now, believe it or not, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the Mennonites have built an exact replica of this tabernacle, this mo mobile tent where the Ark of the Covenant was. And so I was visiting down there and my friend Stephanie May, who's the UU minister in Wayland, was with me. And we decided one day that we were gonna go see this tabernacle. It was, it's built by the Mennonites and it's in a building that was built just to hold it. And it's this amazing thing. So you go in and you pay a little bit of money and you go in this big room and there, exactly as it was said it should be built in the Bible, is this fancy tent with a copy of the Ark of the Covenant in it. And you can walk around it and there are explanations of it and there are even mannequins that are dressed as the different participants. And every single detail is brought to bear on this replica. The cloth and the priest's garments are exactly as they should be. You can hold the Bible in one hand and read the passages and see exactly how the table is set. And so it was this amazing thing that somebody decided to go to all of that trouble to reproduce the tabernacle right there in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You can Google it and look it up later uh, today if you're curious. But what I think is going on is I think that God is having a big game of Simon Says with the ancient Israelites. He has already seen that they are pretty quick to complain they're pretty quick to give up and that they need some encouragement. And so what he does is he gives them a long list of things that they need to do. And he tells Moses and Aaron, he says, get them to do this and it'll work out fine. And that got me to thinking. It got me to thinking about the year that we have ahead of us. 
because we're about four months or so into this pandemic. We have not been in the first parish meeting house since mid-March. And kind of like those ancient Israelites, we left in a hurry. We were doing church in person just fine one week. If you remember it, it was our celebration Sunday. It was the kickoff of the annual pledge campaign. And the very next week, we were doing online worship and have been doing it that way since. So like those ancient Israelites, we had to leave in a hurry. And it meant that we couldn't really plan what we were taking. We couldn't figure it out. We just had to go. And we just had to get into the wilderness to see what it was even like. And what I know is that the most important thing that we are all going to do this next year is just hold our congregation together as a people, to just not lose anybody, to stay in touch with people even though it's a little bit harder now, and to be faithful to our church, to show up on Sunday, and to be fed that way, and to find ways to feed it ourselves, to find ways to do social action work, to find ways to reach out to one another pastorally, and to find ways to support our church and to have it not stop its work. Because the truth is, we left the building, but First Parish in Concord never closed. In fact, in some ways, its work got even more important. Many, many people have reached out to one another, have sent notes to each other, have called each other, and it's our caring for one another that will help us through this time. I remember back in March or April, I don't know when it was, when Susan Frederick Gray, who's the president of the UUA, sent out an email and said to us that we probably shouldn't plan on meeting in person before May 2021. I know my heart sunk. I just couldn't imagine that it was gonna take that long to get through this. And I hope it doesn't. But what I know is that we are gonna be in the wilderness for a while. We're not just going back to church as usual at the end of the summer. We're not gonna to get to just see each other and pretend like this was just some bad dream that we had gotten through. This is in fact gonna go on and on. And we're gonna need each other this fall. We've got an election coming up, winter is going to set in, and this pandemic is still here and it's gonna be here for quite a while. So I want us to be like those ancient Israelites. I want us to think of the detailed ways that we can keep ourselves connected with First Parish, to think about the things we could do down to the tiniest little things, who we're gonna call, who we're gonna write a note to, what social action group we're gonna get involved in, how we are not going to let our church be forgotten, but in fact, amplify, amplify its voice in these times. And that's what I want us to do. I'm gonna close um, with something that's come from that old, old Exodus story. I don't know if you know it or not, but observant Jews to this day, around the time of the Passover, around the time that this story was supposed to have happened, they built a little tent outside their houses. It's called a sukkah. And it's supposed to just be temporary. It's supposed to be made of branches and it's supposed to be put up in an afternoon and to be able to be disassembled quite easily. And it's to remind them of those years in the wilderness when they needed to move from place to place, when they just had to take everything that they had with them and keep going. And during this period that the sukkah is up, folks will go out there and they'll eat a meal in it. They'll chat with family and friends in it. They'll spend the night in it. And it's to help them remember that they were seen through the wilderness, that the wilderness did not last forever, but that it changed them in remarkable ways. I have a question for you this morning. And the question simply is this. What resources do you already have to carry you through this wilderness 
of COVID-19. You'll see the question appear on your screen. I invite you to write an answer in the chat and then I'll read some of those. What resources do you already have to carry through you through this wilderness of COVID-19? All right, let's see what's here in the chat. Faith, my spouse, a Zoom account, very practical. Health, trust in mother God, each other. Family and extended first parish family. Dear friends, creativity, a caring neighborhood. Music, friends, books, guided meditations, my goldens, those dogs, they're so important. Friends, nature, beauty. Able to connect with family and friends via Zoom. Inner strength, my family. My love of gardening and cooking for my family. A home, a job, and family. Patience, resilience, masks. Preparing for an Acton special town meeting chickens, my siblings around the world, each other, regular exercise, there are so many, love and money, my good neighbors, new flower gardens to enjoy. There are way too many of these to read. I hope you go back and look at them in the chat sometime during the service. Our wonderful dog, good friends, seeing other people's pets via Zoom. We have a lot to carry us through this wilderness. Anderson's gonna sing a song now for us. Hey everyone, so now the question that, the song that we are going to sing is, is what does the Lord require of you? This song is written by Mark Miller. It's based on the book in the Bible, Micah chapter six, verse eight. What does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Justice without mercy or mercy without justice, either without spiritual humility are impossible. This song encourages us to show a genuine love for others and to always stand for justice, no matter how hard it is. What I'm going to do, I'm going to sing it with you once, and then I want you to join me. I will sing it very slowly. What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? I want to know. I want to know. Repeat it. 
What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? I want to know. I want to know. Justice. Kindness. Walk humbly with your God. Repeat it. Justice, kindness, walk humbly with your God. Now let's sing it together. What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? I want to know, I want to know. What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? I want to know, I want to know, justice, kindness, walk humbly with your God, justice, kindness, walk humbly with your God, justice, Kindness, walk humbly with your God. Yes. Thank you, Anderson. So great to sing with you. And I just want to say it has been such a pleasure to be leading worship with you this summer. We make a good team, and you're enthusiasm and excitement, uh, it's just infectious. So thank you, I really, really appreciate it. We come to a thoughtful, prayerful time in our service, a time in which we go a little bit inward and we think of the people in our own lives, those who are experiencing hardship or some great joy. After I read some of the parish concerns, you'll have an opportunity to say those names aloud into the space wherever you are. This from our first parish community. On July 19th, Dave Elwood's mother, Jeanette Elwood, died at Care One in Concord. She was 93 years old and lived a long and good life. We hold Dave and the rest of their family in our thoughts and prayers at this time of difficulty and sadness we give thanks for Jeanette's life. Neil Brock has been diagnosed with a melanoma on his neck and he is scheduled for surgery tomorrow morning at Mass General Hospital. Neil, know that we will all be holding you in our prayers tomorrow morning and we hope that the operation goes well and is successful. So just know that you carry each of us with you tomorrow. And we have a joy to report on July 23rd, Susanna Nevison, the youngest daughter of Jack Nevison and Man Dan Nancy McJennett and wife of David Butcher, gave birth to their first child, a healthy baby girl. Susanna and David have named her Fiona Ryan Butcher, and we rejoice with that whole family. If there's someone on your mind, I invite you to speak their names into the space wherever you are, and then we'll sing together Spirit of Life.
Will you pray with me, please? Spirit of life, give us an impossibly complicated task to do. Give us a long and difficult project. Give us fine, detailed work to attend to. With usefulness, distract us from our woes. For we are living in wilderness times. In these wilderness times, we are self-absorbed and distracted. We are short-sighted and fearful. We bluster our way through life, but you know us better. You know we are just getting through day by day. You know that we do not like this new normal. You know we are so sad and so scared and so angry at it all. You know this pandemic tears at our lives, leaves us feeling hollow. We forget your faithfulness, spirit of life. We forget that this world goes on and on and always has. We mistake our own plight for something unusual and extraordinary. We mire ourselves in the trauma of COVID-19, unable to go forward. As you took care of your people in the wilderness, those wandering ancient Israelites, take care of us too. Assure us that as long as we have each other, we will make it. Assure us, as long as we share with one another, we will have enough. Assure us that as long as we work side by side, the work will get done. Remind us that the point of faith is to look at an absurd situation and to laugh. The point of faith is to go on in spite of all the facts. The point of faith is to keep hope alive long after reason says we should abandon it. For it is hope that allows humans to face difficult odds. It is hope that draws forth their resilience. Hope pries open the hardened heart and lets us love again. Fill us with this hope. Give us good and meaningful work to do. Let us not slip into despair. Assure us, this too shall pass. Distract us with some impossible task, for then we will be both hopeful and happy. Let us hold a time of silence together. Amen. as well as being together each week 
Each week we are given an opportunity to be generous, to share just a bit of what we have been given. And we know in these times, there are some of us who are very lucky. We did not lose our jobs. We did not lose our income. We did not lose the ability to give what we have. And others have not been so fortunate. We know that there are people in our own congregation and certainly in our community, and in fact, all over the world who are struggling terribly right now financially. And the, what we can do, those of us who have been fortunate, rather than say, oh, lucky me, thank goodness that didn't hit me, is to say that and then to also say, what can I share with someone else? We know that by pooling our resources, by keeping First Parish in Concord, a vibrant and alive congregation, not only do we help ourselves and one another, we help our town and the towns around it, we help our region and our state and our world. You can always send your pledge check into the church office, you can donate at our website online, or you can text the number that will soon appear on your screen. Just text a whole number to that and it will walk you through how to hook that up to a credit card. And once you've done that once, you shouldn't have to do it again. If you're having trouble with it, just type the word edit to the same number and that will help you reset whatever you have that connected to. An offering for the good work and witness of First Parish in Concord will now be gratefully received and let us enjoy some more music by our guest organist, Jeff Pierce. As we begin to close our service, I'd like to invite you to stay right here and you can use the chat a little bit to talk to folks. If you'd like to be face-to-face -face with other people, um, there are a couple of options for that. If you'd like to be with a group of folks who are exploring the themes of this service a little bit more deeply, you're invited to go to the worship sharing circle and to join that. That'll start immediately after the service and be done by 1130. We will post that link in the chat and you'll be jumping from this Zoom webinar to a Zoom room. So then you'll be able to see whoever's there and chat with them about the service. And Peter Nobley is here from the Standing Committee to bring you greetings and to tell you about another opportunity uh, to see one another and chat after the service. Peter? Thank you, Howard. Good morning, everybody. 
and we are trying our for the second week in a row a virtual coffee hour so we are uh, there'll be a link posted in the chat and you can join coffee hour we'll see how many people show up and i will divide us up into zoom rooms and then we'll come back and we'll probably spend about a half an hour together so uh, roughly till 11:30. So I uh, hope you can join us and look forward to seeing you some of you. Thank you Peter. Just a few little reminders. Um, we know it's summer but it's good to stay connected uh, to things that are going on. Um, the best source for information are both the First Parish website and also that First Parish weekly email that we send out to you. Uh, be sure and check your spam filter. If you're missing it. It may be going in there. You can also like us on Facebook or check us out on YouTube. And just want to let you know that I am going on a summer break for August, so you won't see me on Sunday mornings, but Liz and Amy and Beth will all be back. So they will be leading the services with other folks. Um, Anderson and Dawn and I get a break uh, here coming up, but it's been so wonderful uh, to help lead uh, these services with you this summer and I look forward to being back with you uh, in September. So enjoy Amy and Liz and Beth and come to church every Sunday you can. Anderson, you're gonna lead us in our closing song. Our final song today is one of my favorite songs. Um, that we love to sing in our, in our congregation. It is, I'm on my way to the freedom land. I'm on my way to the freedom land. I'm on my way to the freedom land. I'm on my way, great God, I'm on my way. This is a song for our times. And if we could pick any song, this certainly is one. Um, it's asking us to take up the call to resistance and asking those around us to come with us to resist oppression and be free. And for people with marginalized identities, it is a matter of life and death. So this song is really encourage us to, this work is hard, but it is good hard work and a work that we must take in order for all of us to be free. So please sing with me. I am on my way to the freedom land. Let's sing it with spirit and enthusiasm. I'm on my way to the freedom land. I'm on my way to the freedom land. I'm on my way to the freedom land. I'm on my way, great God. I'm on my way. Another way that we can sing this song is that I can sing it first, and then you can respond after me. And then the last line we sing together. It is called a call and response. Let's try this together. Maybe you can have some members of your family. You can be, you know, you can, you guys can do it together where you can do the call and response together as a family. All right. Now let's sing together. I ask my sister, come go with me. I ask my sister, come and go with me. I ask my sister, come and go with me. I ask my sister, come and go with me. I'm on my way, great God. I'm on my way. I asked my brother. I asked my brother, come and go with me. I asked my brother, come and go with me. I asked my brother, come and go with me. I'm on my way, great God, I'm on my way. I asked my neighbor, I asked my neighbor, come and go with me. I asked my neighbor, 
come and go with me. Hi, that's my neighbor. Come and go with me. I'm on my way, great God. I'm on my way. If they say no, I'll go anyhow. 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 I'm on my way, great God. I'm on my way. I'm on my way and I won't turn back. I'm on my way and I won't turn back. I'm on my way and I won't turn back. I'm on my way and I won't turn back. I'm on my way, great God. I'm on my way, I'm on my way, great God, I'm on my way. We are on our way. We're not quite sure where we're going, but we are on our way. And we will get there. We will get there together. We will get there, we don't know when, but we do know how. We will get there because we love, because we have hope, and because we have each other. Please join in the first parish benediction. Go out into the world in peace, have courage, hold on to what is good, return to no person evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all beings. <laughs>